You're listening to Girls with Grafts, a burn community podcast created by Phoenix Society for Burn Survivors, a leading nonprofit dedicated to supporting the burn community. In this podcast, we'll talk with burn survivors, share resources to help with supporting and improving burn recovery, and discuss how to prevent burn injuries. Here are your hosts, burn survivors and Phoenix Society's marketing team, Amber Wilcox and Rachel Anderson. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Girls with Graphs. I am Rachel Anderson, and I'm one of your co or one of your hosts today. And I'm joined by my co-host, Amber Wilcox. Hi there. How's everyone doing today? I'm doing well. I'm excited for another great guest. I know we say that every time, but we just have the best guests coming on every single episode. I'm really excited. We do. And I'm especially excited about today's guest because she shares the same name, which is always a win in my book. Uh, So Rachel, uh, before we get started, I will say uh, we want to also send over a special thank you to our season one podcast sponsor, Pritzker Hageman. Uh, And we're super thankful that they have brought this podcast to you today. So with that, without further ado, Rachel, you want to give us an, an introduction here? Yes. And well, you already mentioned her name is Amber. I'm going to try my best to say her last name, but she will be able to pronounce it much better than me, of course. So we have Amber Escaduro Canto Stasis. I think that was somewhat close. Um, (laughs) No, it was pretty close. Thank you. I'm proud of myself. I'm always so bad uh, with some pronunciations. So just to give a quick intro of Amber, she is from Thousand Oaks, California, where she grew up and she graduated from Pepperdine University, majoring in international studies with an emphasis on the Middle East and North Africa. After traveling the world to places like London, Spain, Jordan, Ireland, Cuba, Cuba, and Morocco. Um, she lived in Jordan for over a year where she helped teach English to kids. Inspired to action through her travels, Amber started in the nonprofit fundraising world in 2016, and she joined the Threshold team in August 2020, 2021. Um, and now she oversees operations for Threshold's fundraising campaign in Washington, D.C. And I know now you're the director there um, in D.C. and Northern Virginia. So thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Well, I know I know a little bit about your story. I've seen you on the TV, but for those who don't know anything about you or anything about your story, can you tell us a little bit of, you know, what happened on August 4th, just of this year? Because um, it happened to be your birthday too, correct? Yeah, it was my birthday. So August 4th, um, woke up and had a training, just a regular Thursday we always do every week. Um, and my staff definitely knows that I'm not a big fan of my birthday. So they made a big deal, um, of that for me. Um, and then I remember heading out, um, to turf with one of my coworkers. Um, that was in Arlington, Virginia. I know that we got into like a ride share. Um, but from there on, it's really like spotty. It's really just because I have messages saved because of you know, iCloud and stuff like that to see that I, I was, you know, talking to people through the day and like messaging back people that were saying happy birthday. Um, but basically I went to the White House, which is one of our favorite places to canvas. Um, and it started, started downpouring. I know that the day was really hot for the most part and like sunny and nice. And then in the last couple hours of shift, cause we go till seven, um, I have a text to my sister-in-law, like five forty saying like, oh my gosh, it's saying thunderstorms are coming. Like 
it's like 97 heat index all day. Like, are you kidding? Um, and sent her a photo of the White House in the sky and like didn't even look bad in that picture either. Um, and I guess eventually there was a downpour. Um, I was under a tree, uh, which I've done many times in that park, to be honest with you. Those trees are huge and wide and have a lot of leaves that usually do provide me with a lot of shelter so I don't get everything soaked. Um, and then, um, unfortunately, the tree was struck by lightning with six strikes um, within a half second. And that was all absorbed through um, my feet and the feet of three other people that were standing under that tree as well. Um, I found myself in the ICU at uh, the Bird Center um, as well, following the ICU at MedStar here in Washington, D.C., um, and spent five days there. And um, here I am now. I'm really lucky to be here, that's for sure. Well, thank you, first and foremost, for sharing your story. I think it's being so close to your accident, right? I, I know that can be difficult to share, and, and especially because it was your birthday as well. <laughs> I have another friend who is a survivor who was burned on her birthday. And so I'm sure that's something that holds a special memory for you. And it can be difficult at times. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was told, you know, that I died twice, um, that I was without a heartbeat, without oxygen to the brain for one of the points was like over 13 minutes. Um, the second time that they lost it, but I guess between those two times, say I had made eye contact with two of the secret service officers and I squeezed the hand of one of the um, ER traveling nurses that happened to be a bystander in the uh, park that day that ran to help me. And they just, um, they all, and there are different accounts to me because I'm lucky enough to have met them now, um, said that they just like knew I was in there um, because usually after 10 minutes is when they call it. So it's kind of like a new birthday for me, just a different year. So it's kind of nice. I get to start over. I'm not 28. I'm just like fresh new. Um, so <laughs> Hopefully it will continue to be like a positive, um, a positive thing for me because I made it out of that. But I'm sure there's a lot more of um, everything else to come as well. It's still processing. Of course, of course. So uh, can you share with us a little bit how long you were in the hospital for for and um, your home now? So tell us a little bit about how you're doing today. Yeah, so I was in the ICU for about two days. They um, had to get my vitals where they could function on their own. I wasn't able to breathe properly. So I had a, a breathing tube in for a little over a day as well. Um, and I was on the ventilator because I kept trying to, I guess, pull that out. Um, I don't remember anything luckily from the ICU, um, but my mom does. So I'm like, okay, great. Thank you for telling the whole world on your Facebook page. I love it. Um, <laughs> Mama Jules is how I guess the secret service were also getting updates because they were so frustrated that the hospital wouldn't release any information. So they had done their research and figured out my mom's name and my mom doesn't even have it on private. I'm like, I've taught you this many times. Um, <laughs> but for this circumstance, it worked out well because they were able to know that I was, you know, still alive. They wouldn't even tell them I was alive. So that was frustrating for them. Um, after that, I was moved to the burn center, which um, MedStar here in DC is all, they're all multiple buildings right there. So just carted right on over to the next part. And luckily enough, um, it's an incredible burn center, incredible doctors. I mean, love them with all my heart. They're amazing. And um, I was lucky enough to be able to be there for just about three days um, until I was released home. Um, was released home thinking that I didn't need opioids because I'm not a big fan of taking medication when I don't need it and or don't 
feel that I need it and didn't realize that I was already hopped up on a bunch of stuff that was in my system, obviously. Um, and I was like, I'm not taking them home. So I went home and um, screaming in pain, found myself back in the ER the next day. Um, and then eventually was talked sense into me and um, I'm back home now. But the process for the burn recovery was really rigorous. That was um, not fun. That was like terrible. It was like four hours in the shower on a chair every single day for, I don't even know, I think over seven weeks. It took um, just digging into those open wounds with gauze and um, literally dial soap and um, trying to just be able to be in the water and with the nerve pain just going throughout my body um, and also having to scrub, it was just um, awful. I mean, mm-hmm. it's I, there still is a lot of pain there, but um, luckily for me, the burns have, I mean, healed, I think, at, at the best they're going to for now. Um, but there's possibility for like laser and things like that in the future as well, just to help with potentially also some nerve damage as well. Mm-hmm. So as a fellow survivor, Dial Soap is uh, one <laughs> of my best friends um, and has saved me on many occasions. So I can absolutely relate to that. We actually uh, did just uh, talk with MedStar. They are one of our partners uh, for World oh Burn Congress. And so we got to talk with Dr. Shep yesterday uh, from the Burn Center there. That's as well. so awesome. I love Dr. <laughs> Shep. He's great. He's so awesome. He's such a nice person. He's like, I do not like technology. I'm going to print everything else that I want you to get from CVS. And it was like full graphic images of just like salon pause, like stuff that you could buy off the shelf, but just like a full paper printout. And he was like, so on top of knowing all the things that would help me um, on all the ointments and like the lotions and stuff once they healed to help with my skin. So I really appreciate him. Yeah, so they are going to be partnering with us for World Burn Congress, which we just announced yesterday. So uh, we're very, very excited about their partnership. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, so tell us a little bit about, I think in one of your interviews, um, you talked about, you know, your need to minimize stress. And I heard you say that uh, as someone who can also relate to that, I don't always know how to manage my stress very well. And then, um, you mentioned like, right, you weren't listening to your body and then you kind of ended up back in the ER. Um, I've had that happen to myself as well. So I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you, why is it important for you to, to make sure that you, uh, you know, check in on your recovery Mm -hmm. and, and, and minimize that stress? Um, I mean, the why is just kind of like what you said there. Um, when you don't do it, you're you're just putting yourself in a world of hurt. And also, um, for me, it's um, always about like others first a lot of the times. But like I've even talked myself into understanding that like when I'm in pain, my loved ones are in pain, right? Mm-hmm. So like I should also be doing this for myself without having to like convince myself to do something for me. Um, but also like I that means more to me a lot of the times is like seeing them in pain than me experiencing it. So knowing that they're in pain, watching me struggle, if there's anything I can do to make sure that they're not having to go through that, obviously that's what I need to be doing. And um, I realized early on pushing myself too much um, led to a lot of pain, uh, not just avoiding you know, wanting to go home with the opioids as like a pain management strategy, but also just the PT therapy recommendations that were given to me 
um, I have like a walker and I um, initially was just given the standard, obviously one that had just the two wheels in the front and sticks in the back and in DC, like the sidewalks um, near my house <laughs> are just like not all level. And mm. so I would just like hold it, but like tilt it forward. And it was me just basically like rolling a thing. Um, <laughs> like I was no support, if anything, like it was very dangerous. Cause if I did fall, like I would be like whoosh Falling um, right, yeah. on the wheels. <laughs> yeah, like it's like me on rollerblades, but with my arm. Um, and so I wasn't really following that proper properly as well and I really wanted to just get out there and um, go on like adventures with my dog and take her down to the monuments like we do every weekend and we should go to the arboretum do like a few mile walks every single weekend for her and I just wanted to do it and they were like no you need to do 15 mm -hmm. minutes max and I'm like mm -mm, I know I can do it and I walked for over an hour and 15 at the point I was supposed to be at 15 minutes and I felt great during, and then later that evening was terrible. And for the next 36 hours after that, were also just agonizing pain. I couldn't mm -hmm. function, I couldn't do anything, and I was bedridden from it. And um, I learned that again, doing an interview that I really wanted to do just on my feet too long, um, mm. until I got that bench seat, it really changed up my life um, on my walker, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, but. Yeah, just not taking it easy, I think, is a big, um, just like block, like a roadblock in the recovery process. And mm. um, I, I feel like sometimes I think that if I'm not doing more, I'm not living out my like eager um, mm. passion for life. And um, I came out of this really just fearless of failure. Um, mm. And I just really wanted to go back to work as like my one thing. I just really wanted to go to work and um, not being able to do that's really tough. But knowing that there is the ability for me to recover quicker if I take the time and then I can mm -hmm. put more of myself into the things that I'm passionate mm -hmm. about um, and be more present also for the people that I, you know, that I love that are in my life um, and, they deserve that too. So um, it really is about just taking that time. I think it's really important. Mm -hmm. It's a hard lesson now. I keep relearning it. I'm like, I learned this two weeks ago. Why am I back in this? <laughs> yeah. Game? My husband position. reminds me <laughs> all the time, like Amber, get, and it must be a, a thing with girls named Amber, right? Because I, I have the same problem every time we, I think I, you know, I ended up in the hospital. Oh, and he'll be like, D are you going to learn your lesson? And I'm like, no, I just want to go, 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 go. And and yeah, so it's a learning process for, for all the Ambers in the room. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. No, like, I learned easier. Um, you guys are crazy. Like, am I, are we being, <laughs> yes. it is the Ambers. She's like, yeah, I, I did what the doctor said. You guys are ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great that you both Ambers are such go-getters and I totally get that. You just want to get back to a normal, your normal life and get back to what, you know, your daily, your weekend routine with your dogs before the injury. And that's something we hear so often from survivors is like, you want to get home from the hospital and then you get home, but then you realize it's not, it's not over. You know, mm -hmm. it's not, you're finally back home and back to normal. There's still learnings and as great as great as it is to be at home, you know, you still have to listen, you know, to your doctors and what they're telling you, but um, yeah. 
you know, I totally get it. It's tough to pull back when, especially when you're feeling good and you're going on that walk and it's just like, well, I can keep going. Why not? Right. But I have it's had like those moments, weird. like the 36 hours where you're like in bed, right? You're like, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And then it just hits you and you're like, my gosh, what was I thinking? I'm so tired. Uh, mm -hmm. So, and I think some of it's like, some of it's physical, but then some of it, and I don't know about for you, Amber, but some of it's emotional too. I'm like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. I put myself out there too much. And I need, I need a minute. Yeah. I think that, um, I haven't been able to do as much like, um, like emotional exertion as I would, as I would usually. Um, so I do think that I am surprised when I'm exhausted from that as well, like mentally and emotionally exhausted. Cause I'm like, I am used to talking to strangers on the street all day, literally from like 11 till seven on my feet. And like, I have to be dragged off turf from my husband. Let's be real. It's like eight o'clock. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. And I want to talk to every person that I see. And I like will relate. Like I've cried with people that I just met on the street. I've hugged people. I've li listened to their life stories. I've bonded with someone for an hour. Um, and it's just like what I love doing. And I come home every night just so stoked to go into the next day. And like, yes, it's exhausting, but it's like an exhausting where it's like, when you just finish a soccer game and you're like, yes, that's awesome. And then you're mm -hmm. ready to do another one the next day. Right. right. Um, you have that endurance for it. And I was so shocked by my like endurance, just being completely shut out. Like mm -hmm. I was just overwhelmed. So beyond overwhelmed when my first day at my grad program, like I literally got into my dream master's program at Johns Hopkins. And like before all this happened, and it was like starting literally like a month after I got struck by lightning. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like mm -hmm. I have severe nerve damage still. I actually have fingers crossed my first nerve block tomorrow. My procedure is in the morning. Um, if it goes well, hopefully it will just be seven of those and I'll be done with that. We'll see. Um, but I literally am like not capable of doing the regular normal interactions with people I don't know. I'm very good at like small groups, this kind of thing, but like, it's not like a huge school or anything. It's a small master's program. And like the, the room of 20 people, I was like terrified. I was <clears throat> shuttered down. And unfortunately, every time I've gone to school, this still remains true. Um, there's always one person that comes up to me and like, I don't talk to anyone else. Um, mm -hmm. One person that always comes up to me to ask like, if you don't mind me asking, like, can you tell me what happened? And it's like, I get to have 15 seconds with you to be like, I was the girl struck by lightning. And it's really like different telling it in that way. And I've been getting mm. a lot of like PTSD. And mm. unfortunately, I've been like diagnosed with the PTSD um, mm. by my trauma psychologist. And it's really interesting. It's such a different process that I have emotionally with people mm. right now. Um, and I feel like I can connect up with you because we're all like in the same group um, together mm. and I can connect. Um, I was better at connecting it as well, like through interviews, because it was a little bit more plant. Like I had a plan, like I knew that I was going to have to talk about it. Um, right. Obviously, like I wasn't prepared for every question always, but I knew I was going to have to talk about it, but mm. being like randomly asked by someone I don't know, um, just it, like I shut down. I feel like I'm getting mm. hives all up my back. Like I like freeze up. I'm a totally different person. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just such a different experience for me. I'm not used to it. And so every time I go to class, I'm so drained. Um, I only mm-hmm. have one in person because I like had to have a reduced schedule. Um, I like fought my doctor so hard. I was like, one in person, please, please don't make me. Um, but it's like such a reduced course load. And even that, like the mental exhaustion of just looking at mm-hmm. um, like a few pages of my reading, like I have like 400 pages sometimes in a week. And I'm like, if I can get halfway through a sentence and remember the first half, I'm like, wow, that's new. Um, and it's still just such a processing hurdle mm. that I'm going over. Um, but hopefully soon it will get better. It's um, so common. <laughs> I think yeah. telling your story is so hard. And we've had a couple of conversations even on this podcast now about like telling your story can be exhausting, especially in the beginning, because and I think a lot of what you're describing is also, you know, when you're trying to just live your life and then someone comes in and asks you this question that you're not prepared for it can be mm-hmm. you're, you're like what is the motive right why are they asking that what are they mm-hmm. like what are they what are they trying to get at and so i think that unexpected or or you know sometimes for me it's just like a stare and you're like were they thinking positively were they thinking that like i look funny and so sometimes it can just be that in and of itself that's an issue right, right. yeah i think that for me i actually started using my walker less because of it too which then also led to pain because I was like I'm not gonna be the person that like has the walker for them every time to be like this person standing out you know um so today I went and I had to do like a makeup exam and I didn't even get to the class because I was in the exam for so long um in a separate room but like today I actually was going to be the first day going in without the walker because I was like I'm not gonna have this happen again like I'm gonna do something to avoid this because I've had five classes I've attended in person um by now because three of them I weren't wasn't able to be at for other like medical stuff and um I was just like there's no way I can go through it again it just is so overwhelming Mm -hmm. um and I think that sometimes it's like I feel like that's all that I'm going to be if that's who I'm introduced to a person as and especially being like in a work environment or a school environment or something new um, is usually where I'm sure like these things happen. Like I'm still getting used to it, but that's the only place I feel like it seems to happen um, where it's like, this seems like kind of a closer knit environment, but I'm not yet in that environment because I'm not really fully able to participate in the program. And so I'm just really like already an outsider. I feel like internally in that, And I feel like I'm getting a lot less from what I wanted to in this first Mm -hmm. semester. But I also do realize that like, I'm sure that they're not trying to single me out by asking. I'm sure they're trying to figure out a way to like kind of Mm -hmm. come into a conversation and maybe draw me into it. But Mm -hmm. for me, it's like, there is no processing on my end for like what I think they're they're trying to do. Because once the question happens, I'm just like, I'm gone. Like I'm a frozen mess and then like eventually it's like the elevator's closing and three other people walked in and it's like and yeah so I was struck by lightning and then like they're all like what and it's like oh my gosh like literally the only time these questions can happen too is from the door to our classroom to the elevator down the elevator and then my husband's right there to receive me so I'm like it is the smallest amount of space how does this keep happening and there's no way I can have this whole conversation by the time we get on the elevator so then there's always that like oh, that's interesting. And here's like the 90 second pitch of my story. And I'm just like, I don't want to be 
labeled as like the girl that got struck by lightning to a person I just met when like usually I introduce myself with like what I'm passionate about um, doing not you know something that happened to me Mm. Um, and so that's like also kind of hard I feel like for me to overcome in that way like I want to own it as mine and I don't want it to own me so it's like balancing I think that out that's yeah. everything you're describing is so common, right? We, I hear, I hear that a lot. And just in the support groups that I've joined and I've felt that way too, of, right. I don't want to be just the girl that was burned. Um, and so I think that can be, that's a, a process and mm-hmm. we teach survivors, right. To rehearse your response, but even rehearsing your response, it can make you freeze, right. You're like, okay, what am I going to say? And, and so that's definitely, thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing that because that's something I think a lot of survivors are facing. Mm-hmm. I think I do need to learn my response. I haven't even um, come into that kind of little trick there. So that's like a really good idea is actually just writing, writing it down. out and yeah. having something that like, maybe if I don't freeze, I at least have something, but um, yeah, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's like, you know, I was burned with hot caramel and I'm doing okay now. Right. Or just like, so they don't ask you like shutting down the conversation for me so that they don't ask me additional questions because I think, uh, sometimes I don't want to answer, right? Like I don't want to, I want to answer, tell you I was burned by, you know, or I was struck by lightning and then I don't want to answer anymore. And so, right. um, for me, that's been helpful. Like being able to just kind of say that and then end the conversation because I don't always want to talk about it. And I'm sure you don't want to talk about like you want to talk about all the other great things you're doing, not just the Mm -hmm. fact that you were struck by lightning. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm just going to be like, I was struck by lightning and I'm doing great. Why are you in this program? I'm just going to follow up with a question about them. So I'm just back on to you. Here's the ball. You start talking and then maybe you'll ask me about why I'm in this program versus Mm-hmm. why was I struck by lightning? Um, yeah. And I feel like that's a hard one too, is that um, I was really excited to be like asked to do this. This is the first time I've ever been, I feel like referred to as a burn victim. Um, I've never had that label or not label, but like I've never had that descriptor um, so far. And I feel like it does allow me to feel like I have like a community. Um, it was the first time I like heard of the website. I was really excited. I was reading a lot of your guys' resources. Um, and I think that like having a community like that's so important because my burn itself was so unusual. Um, mm-hmm. and it was such a like weird um, way to be burned. And so I felt like I had no community um, because I was the girl struck by lightning um, and was constantly told that like I should have died. We've never had anyone survive like you. Like my whole treatment process has been like try this medication. No, now try this one. And like, I'm currently on 13 different, different medications with different names mm-hmm. and multiple of those I take more than once a day. And it's a lot of trial and error. And it's always because we've never had someone like you before. Like we've never had someone survive this. Like that's so unusual. And mm-hmm. so like, you know, it's kind of like figuring out a mystery and like, we're going to do it. It's going to be great, but like, it's going to take some time. And so I've never felt like I've had like kind of that community and I was hoping in PT maybe, but I'm not really at that level of PT yet where like I'm with any other people in a group or able to do classes or participate on that level. So it's still very one-on-one. And so I'm really, thank you for inviting me into the burn community because I'm like, yeah, a lot of people don't really realize I have burns. Um, my, My worst of it is 
like on a part of my body that I don't usually show. It's my like mm-hmm. my upper thigh to my like uh, mid stomach all the way down mm. to that thigh midway. And so I'm not like a big shorts person anymore. Like I used mm. to wear shorts and now I'm just like pants always, mm-hmm. um, or like long dresses or whatever. But, um, I don't usually show that at all. And like, I feel like people can't see my arm burns as much because I usually wear long sleeves. So like, I've never been asked for that reason. It's always been about my walker. So mm. I feel like I've never had people even see me like as my burns, but my nieces, my nieces are always like, show me your burn boo-boos. And like (laughs) one of my nieces also got a burn injury. Luckily it was not severe. It healed up quick. She's a total rock star, little Katrina. Um, She was just talking to me before this call actually. And she was like, let me kiss yours, Auntie. And I was like, let me see yours too. Cause I have one like that's on my hand and she Uh had hers right here. She grabbed the grill um, outside a few weekends ago. And luckily it's all good. But She's like, mine's all gone. No more boo-boo. No more boo-boo. You don't have to kiss it anymore. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you are so sweet. She's like, but I'll kiss all of your burns, Auntie. Show me more. What the I need to And I'm like, how are you two years old? She just turned two and she has dreams that we got struck by lightning together. A prince came into the water. I was not in a river, but she thought we, that that's what happened to us in her dream. Took us out, saved us, and we were happy and all that now. So I'm like, Thank you, baby teens, for that. And Pelabu, <laughs> her older sister, is also. They got me through it. It's really that support system that just, mm. like, I feel like gets you through. And that's always been yes. my family for me and my friends and my husband and my dog. But, like, it's great to have people that have had the injuries themselves and kind mm-hmm. of know how it feels to be the, the patient, um, mm-hmm. the, the injured, at least. Um, because I feel like it is... Um, I think it's a really tough process for both sides. Mm-hmm. Like I think my my parents um, and my husband went through the worst. Like mm-hmm. I could not imagine having to see them um, in a situation like I was. I would be a total disaster. So mm-hmm. they did a great job. Um, but I think it's just really hard to like fully comprehend a lot of the times like what I'm trying to express. Um, and sometimes I don't want to at all. And so like kind of having an outlet, I think is a good, it's a really good thing. Oh, hundred percent. I, so mm-hmm. Amber, I don't know. I don't think I've shared a, a ton about my injury, but my, um, I was burned also in a similar spot. So I have from my knee to about my hip. So in that like crease area of my leg. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the world of burns, we call that, you know, we're hidden burn survivors. So, um, <laughs> I can hide my burns, right. If I wanted to, and you can't seize. And, and I do wear a lot of leggings and long pants and and uh on some days i can be a burn survivor and some days i can just be amber right and hide it all from from me but i know uh that can be even a challenge in of itself right mm-hmm. and, and being a hidden survivor because you can kind of choose like you said when and when you when you want to talk about it and when you don't but um yeah I, my husband was uh also my support system as well and we you know, I, I always say to him, you had the harder job. And he's like, no, I saw you go through it. There's no way I could have done that. But we always argue that like, <laughs> I couldn't do his role and he couldn't do mine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Same. I'm like, I, my husband was like steadfast. He was literally minutes from picking me up for birthday dinner and like had to be the one to tell my family in California and in Texas, my brother moved to Texas. So that's where he is with his family. Like, 
yeah, Amber just got struck by lightning. And my mom literally was like, that's not funny. Like I'm tutoring. Like, what are you, what do you need? You know what I mean? Like you're joking. And to have to, I just, he went straight into action. Like he went straight to a hospital. They gave Mm -hmm. him the wrong one. He went to the next one. Like he was go, go, go picking people Mm -hmm. up from the airport and like in the hospital 24 hours a day. Um, around the clock and just like on top of all of my medications and all my doctor's appointments and all the workers comp and all the approval stuff it's like a full-time job mm-hmm. and um you know recovering is too um mm-hmm. even though like sometimes I don't give it the full-time attention I like to give, <laughs> give other things like we were talking about earlier but um it is a full-time job and then he's also still doing you know his job and um, also, you know, making sure that he's also covering a lot of the things I used to do around the house because I still can't do certain things. Mm-hmm. And um, like, I can't bend over and like do the dishwasher stuff. And he cooks dinner every night because like, I can't be on my legs like wobbly that long or like, it's not safe for me because like my nerves might spike up. So um, he's just like superhero. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, I could never do it. And he's like, no, I could never. Mm-mm. Nope. Can never do your side. Don't want to do that. I'm like, well, good thing I don't remember a lot of it. But well, <laughs> we'll come I'm sure that's now. hard. Yeah, right. I'm sure that's hard for you to not remember too, right? Like I can mm-hmm. only imagine. Like I was, I, I was conscious and was able to remember a lot of it. But I'm sure that's another layer, right? That that you're just still figuring out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the hardest part of not remembering is the um, the other people that I was with that day. Is like for me, the biggest thing was making sure that their their stories were also told and that they were highlighted and I wanted that um connection I felt like I had a responsibility I had a duty um to their lives and to their memories as well um to carry that out and carry them with me through my process and through my life now um because I kind of see the survival as like in my experience, like it was like a one ticket was out and like, I got it for some reason. It was me. Um, it could have been any of us. And for some reason it was me. Um, and it makes no sense. Uh, there was, you know, um, a long period of time where the people that ran to our aid, like did not think I was going to make it, but thought the other male was going to make it. Um, and, it doesn't make sense to me still. I don't understand it, but I'm really lucky and I'm really grateful. And it breaks my heart that I don't have those memories of being under the tree um, with them. Cause I'm sure we were talking cause that's what I do. Um, and I know that I met the elderly couple earlier in the day when I saw that photo, I remembered them um, because I deeply remember how much I did not have a great time in Wisconsin on a family trip. And we talked about how, I needed to try it again because there's great things to see. And I told them what to see in DC and they were on their, um, their honeymoon, not their honeymoon. Sorry. It was their anniversary. And um, the woman was so sweet. She used to be a teacher. And so was my mom. Mm. And so like we chatted and it was on a different part of the park. Like they were going down towards the white house. And I was actually on the other side of Mm. the center median. Um, And I usually stand only on that side when I canvas, but, I had a partner with me that day. And usually at the end of the day, people start leaving the park from and coming from both directions a little bit more. And so we spread out so that each of us can ha- try to call it to as many people as possible. And so I was like, I'll go to that side. 
Um, and at least that's what it was told to me. And that's how I found myself on that side under that tree. Um, mm. Like my coworker wasn't even with me uh, under that tree. And so um, I was lucky enough to get to talk to um, the boss of Brooks who was struck that walked away from the tree. She was actually the closest to it. She said mm. she's conscious the whole time. She didn't absorb any of the lightning. Um, then she decided to walk away and mm. the secret service actually pulled the film and saw that it was within five seconds um, of the strike that she walked out from under the tree. Cause she was up against the actual trunk and felt mm. like it was flooding down the trunk onto her. And she said, I, she told me that she just said to Brooks, like I'm getting, dumped on and he was like we all are that's what she said and she said in my brain I thought I'm gonna walk out underneath the leaves more like they are and she mm -hmm. walked away from the tree and her back was to me and Brooks and to the elderly couple was off to the side into the back and then mm -hmm. she just saw light come up and around and then the boom and she turned around and she said that it looked like we we're all just placed down um, for her, she said gently. Um, the Secret Service was like, it was not a gentle um, look. I promise mm -hmm. that. Um, but I think that's also, you know, trauma processing. Um, mm -hmm. But she didn't even realize that it was lightning at first. She's like, I just, I had no idea what happened. Mm -hmm. It sounded like a bomb, you know. Um, and I just tried to wake, you know, Brooks up. And mm -hmm. then people started running towards us and started helping but she did not process it for such a long time. And I'm sure I want to know more, but it's also hard because it's mm. like, I don't want to ask either because I understand that feeling. And so mm. it's just really hard to not know your, your full story. Um, sure. And the secret service, when they said that they had that video from something unrelated, I was like, Oh wait, can I like see the video? Cause like, then I'll see me that day. Like I'll get to right. like remember more. And they're like, mm -hmm. there's no way we will ever let you see that. Like no way. Mm. Um, and one of the officers that helped save my life, like, cause I was blue all the way up. And then I was gray from my waist down and my mm. like mouth was locked open and my eyes were like open, but back. And she mm. knew me from prior. Cause like the secret service and I, our pals, a lot of us like see each other a lot. Cause I'm like a regular, like it's one of my favorite spots. <laughs> they know me. They're like, oh my gosh, this girl. Um, and literally I'm like, can you let the sniper know though that like I'm a pal because seriously, like a bike of <laughs> six, six of them will come up on bikes at once and we'll all be talking in a circle. And I'm like, can you please tell him? Cause like, I know he is looking at me right now through the scope. Like I know what's happening and they'll like laugh. They'll be like their friend, blah, blah, blah. But um, they, she knew me. Um, so one of the three secret service officers that I met that helped save my life as well, um, Nicole, she knew me already. And, um, she watched that film 50 mm. times over and over um, until she could meet me again, until she saw me again, which actually mm. the first time I saw her again was by chance. Um, we already had something set up through Secret Service that I get to meet them later in the month. But um, I was doing the meeting of um, the two travel nurses were flown out to meet me. And mm. we were in the park on that interview and she was there. And she was mm. in uniform and she came over and it was just like more emotional tears, more crying. Um, mm. And she, I, I'm glad that she was working that day though, because she got to also see them. Um, Cause they mm -hmm. all just triage together like a full mm. unit. Um, and it really is just like a beautiful example of like 
people running to danger to help mm-hmm. a stranger. Um, mm-hmm. And that's literally what my job is. I'm asking strangers to help people they've never met before um, mm-hmm. with literally something that's going to help save their life um, mm-hmm. that are experiencing extreme suffering and, and extreme versions of danger, places like Ukraine, places like Pakistan. And um, that's what I do. And literally like the moment happened where unfortunately, like I was the person in need of help and I was so beyond blessed to have three people with ER backgrounds that happened to be in the park that mm-hmm. day sprint to my help to be surrounded by secret service officers and to be in a city, not in the middle of a farm or in, you know, somewhere far out mm-hmm. from a hospital because without all of those details moving together like there's just no way um you know I would have made it and so Mm -hmm. I just I just owe my I owe my life to all of them and to like Mm -hmm. that that human spirit of just going and helping a person you don't know um out of just the goodness in your heart and that's Mm -hmm. literally what I want to do with my life so it's just Mm -hmm. kind of a beautiful way to be brought back (laughs) into the world again um I guess um and I'm so hopefully going to get back to that work soon. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) More rest, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. More rest, more um, nerve trials. It's the feet, you know, feeling like stabbing pain. Um, Mm -hmm. My foot's on fire. My foot is frozen. Um, I still can't feel behind my legs, like from my, um, my waist down to behind my kneecaps. Um, on the back side of my legs, I can feel the front. Um, and I can't feel like the inside of my ankle that it came in through that side of that foot. Um, it will literally feel like the, spe- the ability of me being specific for the pain is like, mm-hmm. it only has happened this way because I've been asked so many times that I'm like, I'm going to think of this when I'm feeling this pain because I'm going to have to be able to explain it. Like there's multiple times where it feels like someone's taking a needle and Mm. it's on fire and they're sticking it through my toenails and then Mm. twisting the needle. My outside ankle on the right side has a gear like Mm. on it. That's this wide. That's how it feels. And it's Mm. constantly just cranking inward into my skin. Like literally imagining an actual screw being twisted Mm. into my skin, but it's like feeling this wide always Mm. feels that way, never stops feeling that way that I have this additional element, but it's not Mm -hmm. there. And then you look down and like, it's not happening, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter because my nerves are literally still sending that type of signal Mm -hmm. of pain to my brain. And so it's that lack of control as well as where like, unfortunately I've had to have kidney stones and ovarian cysts and stomach ulcers throughout my life. And those pain levels are like Oh, not even a one to me anymore. And I never thought that was possible. And (laughs) it's just like, this has to not happen. Like, there's no way this can continue at this like level for this long. Mm. Um, And luckily, I finally found a medication like a week ago, um, Mm. where it finally started to help. I'm coming off of gabapentin and onto Lyrica, um, the Mm. pregabalin. So I, I guess I'm one of the more rare um, people that find Lyrica to help more than the gabapentin, but that's just how it is. And um, mm-hmm. I'm really glad I found it because I'm also on less of the oxy now and mm-hmm. I don't need to take as much ibuprofen and Tylenol, like literally the amount of 
ibuprofen and Tylenol. I'm like, I don't even take that <laughs> when my stomach hurts because I'm like, I can get through it. It's fine. Yeah. Now I'm just like 20 a day. All right. Like, no, like, I, just, I, I hate it so much. Like I have pill organizers. Like this is one of multiple. Yeah. And like, I feel like also there's like some hate on Amazon. Like I love Amazon. Don't get me wrong. But like the five a day pill organizer was like $40 versus like the 900 options for anything with five a day under, like under the five a day. And I had to have five a day for such a long time. And now I'm like down to the four a day on this one. And my other little one has like six in it. And I'm like, okay, now I didn't need to go through all of that. But like, it's just insane. Like, I'm like, this is not my life. Like I, there's mm. no way I can continue at this level and mm -hmm. um when you finally find that like little bit of relief that little tiny thing that helps just a bit more someday um it just makes such a difference because it is a long fight and um i'm not gonna not gonna give up on it at all mm -hmm. but the frustration does grow and it's just a harder fight to mm -hmm. get yourself out of that mental headspace of like i'm never gonna get I'm never gonna be the same like mm -hmm. I've yet I refuse to think that I still think that it might be possible that I'm not gonna be the same um <laughs> I mean like obviously I'm not gonna be the same because this happened to me but also like the nerve pain specifically like the not right. being able to walk regularly and not feeling like parts of my body I'm like obviously like that's gonna change like there's no way and then on those days, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to walk anymore. Mm. Like, there's like, this is like, not going to happen. Because the reason I'm not allowed to be doing a lot of stuff is because like, the stress can make it permanent. And the stress mm -hmm. can make it grow. And because it's with the specific nerves that I have it in, it's like connected to all my vital organs. And they're like, don't mess this up. And I'm like, okay. Um, but the more that <laughs> it hurts, the more stressed I am. So I'm like, please let me work. I think eventually you just have to kind of like let go of the idea that we we have a timeline on things being yeah. better um, and just being like I'm doing great today like it's good because mm -hmm. um, when people ask me that's the other one where it's like I know a lot of my friends don't know that that's like a big deal to me but I have the hardest time even responding to messages or anything because it's very like we said like very emotionally exhausting even with loved ones I'm not triggered by it it's nice to look down and see like nice kind messages I love it and I'm actually off social media this is like my third year it was like a one-year challenge for myself I'm loving it um but thank god because <laughs> like after this happened like thank god I have a LinkedIn and like I've never I never thought people would message me on LinkedIn I'm like no way I have like <laughs> hundreds of messages I'm like, are you kidding me like thank goodness I did not have social media but like the emotional exhaustion of the questions and especially the one of, well, when are they saying like, it's gonna, like, what's the timeline? Mm -hmm. Like, what's the, what's the timeline on the therapy you have? And then I have to go back into my head of like, well, I don't get to have one because I don't get to have like, a, this is what we do for this. And like, mm -hmm. that also then re-isolates me. And then I start to go back into like this very much of a hole. And I'm like, now I'm in this small place where I feel small and I just don't want to deal with it. So I'm like, mm. I'm not going to even like answer those questions. And then I feel bad. Cause I'm like, I owe my friends and my support system that have helped so much, so much back, but mm. it's the difficulty of like, how do you balance 
like mm-hmm. being able to stay in contact with people and especially like I don't live in the same state I grew up in um like I lived there my whole life until I moved to Jordan and then I moved here and so mm-hmm. I think it's really tough to like and I'm sure you both agree um because I feel like we're all kind of in the same age group ish is like it's really hard like friends and like that you were close to in college and like you're all big friends and you love each other a lot, but it's like, I can't respond to like 13 of you. And I love mm-hmm. you all, but like, it's not possible. And like, mm-hmm. then you have the group chats and then that still is a lot. So it's like, you know, it's tough. I'm like, should I do a Zoom weekly with my friends? Like, Add <laughs> into my room if you want to say hi, because that's what I can do. Like, I can't type. Just don't ask me to type it, please. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. And I feel like <laughs> what you're saying about the nerve pain is so common, Amber. I think like... I had initial nerve pain and, and obviously not, I don't think to the great degree that you're describing it, but I know um, for a long time in the beginning I had it and I found it got better with movement and whatnot. But um, I also know like with time, that's what I kept hearing. And, and you described a lot mm-hmm. of that, right. Of like, you're always like, when am I going to be better? And, and the doctors like, and it's a, you know, a thing we joke about all the time in support is they can never give you an answer because they don't know, right? right? They don't know how long it's going to take you to heal, but that can be the most frustrating and like biggest struggle. I think I've had of being like, I just want to be normal. And especially at our age, right? Like we want to get back to what we're used to doing and, and feeling like we can do all of it. And, and sometimes that can just be be a struggle, Mm -hmm. but the nerve pain, you know, is real. I still get it, but I get it in weird spots. Like I'll get it, you know, I'm standing in the, you know, outside and I feel like a big heat wave. And then all of a sudden this, like, and we, I say, we call them pings in my house and I get these like needle pings of feeling Mm -hmm. like, and they come in waves and they're strange, but, uh, yeah, I think Mm -hmm. it's different for everyone of like when it comes, when it goes. And that's just, that's the nature of being burned mm-hmm. and it stinks. It's not always, yeah. it's not always a clear path. And that's what folks don't understand is, is mm-hmm. I want it to be like a straight answer for you, but I don't have it. <laughs> so I yeah. don't want to talk about it because I don't have a straight, clear answer. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just like, it's one of those scary things of like, I can't feel my leg right now, you know? Mm-hmm. And hopefully when I try to get up, I'll be able to stand up. Um, like it happens 50% of the time that I sit down, you know? So it's just, I think also, um, yeah, not knowing the long term, um, and also not knowing the short term of like, how am I going to feel in an hour? Because like, what can I actually commit my time to? Um, I just this week, um, so we're on Wednesday. It's a fresh week. It's the first week I've ever, felt like I can read like a full sentence and a half versus a half of a sentence. Um, And I did a lot of cramming for my econ exam. So hopefully (laughs) I didn't like ruin my brain. Please be kind to me tomorrow. Please. Um, I had to do it. Um, But I think that like the hard thing too, is just not knowing throughout recovery, like when those things will come back up because for me as well, like I'm sure for you guys too, like sometimes that pain can be debilitating. And then you're like, mm-hmm. I don't want to like, I have a really good friend that's like, let's get these concert tickets. And like, I loved going to concerts all before the pandemic. I, that was like my one thing that I love doing. Um, and I haven't been really since the pandemic to anything small, which is like what I prefer. Cause then you're like, actually get to see them. You're like up close. And she found like a really cool, like 
concert show to go to. And I was like, no, I don't think I'm ready. And then she found like a stand up comedian so that there's like seats and like, we'd have to go to Baltimore, but I'm like, okay, Baltimore is like an hour from DC at least. And then I'm going to have to be okay for the whole show and get back and for sure not have like an episode of some cool of some kind. And like, potentially ruin this for everyone because none of you will listen to me and let me sit in the car and have it out. You're all going to follow me to the parking lot and like ruin all of your nights. Right. So like I wouldn't even be able to like remove myself so they can enjoy and like go home when they're ready. It would just be, I would be ruining everyone's night. And so like, I don't even want to try to commit, even though it's something that I might be able to do. And it's like, Obviously, with a lot of things in life, you can't just do them like spur of the moment when you're feeling okay. Like a lot Mm -hmm. of things do take planning and a lot of things can't be spontaneous. And like those things that do take planning, you miss out on. Like we have a friend's um, wedding that like I'm not going to be able to go to like in November. And um, we have holidays with family that we don't get to see. Um, But luckily, we have my parents coming out for two holidays and my brother, they are going to come right before Christmas, but they want to be in their home for Christmas because little kids love that. Um, they do mm-hmm. a big thing, but like also something we love to be a part of with our nieces. And like, that's another thing that you have to miss out on. So it's really hard when it's mm. things that you need to plan for in life, mm-hmm. not in recovery and like mm-hmm. not knowing where you will be at that point. Um, mm-hmm. And feeling like then those are also future things you have to miss out on by just assuming that like, I probably won't be better by then. So like, I'm just going to assume so that I don't inconvenience, you know, or get my health right? Yeah. 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 Or yeah, yeah. That's like part of the worst of it is like getting excited thinking I would be like all Able healed to. up and ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was the worst of like, I went through all that a good month ago. That was when I was just like, this is crazy. I thought I'd be done by now. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. Like in my head, mm-hmm. I was like, this is going to be forever. Like I am permanently messed up because they were saying I was going to make a whole recovery. And like, why would they say that if this was going to be like a long thing? Like not even they as in any of my doctors, but just like, like in my head thinking that like a full recovery means that it happens soon. Not, Mm -hmm. not also that like it would take a long time Time. and you will Mm -hmm. make a full recovery. So I've, been lucky to never have a really long recovery for other injuries and um other than my back but like that's more chronic um now I don't feel it really so like Mm -hmm. there's the silver lining of not feeling my lower back is that I don't feel my lower back pain (laughs) anymore (laughs) but um yeah it's it's tough because it does Mm. it does tangle into life in a in a weird way when your recovery is just kind of that cloudy unknown and that hope right I remember I'll never forget we had like plans to go somewhere in May. And I, you know, I was burned in April and I was like, okay, like we'll be able to go do something in May and, and, you know, I'll be able to get on an airplane. And then I'll never forget like a one little tiny spot on my graft, like wasn't healed. And we went in and he was like, listen, you can either go get another surgery. It's going to put you back four more weeks, or you could maybe be able to heal, but it's going to take you some more time. And I remember looking at my husband and just like crying because I was so upset that at that moment, that meant that our vacation plans were going to have to get postponed. And I was more concerned about the fact that that wasn't going to happen than I was about like the fact that my skin was, you know, not healing. But mm-hmm. I remember like that feeling of like, okay, I just want to be better and I can't. And so now we're gonna have to postpone things. And yeah, you feel like you're an inconvenience because you're like, okay, well it's because of me. And so that, you know, guilt or regret that you get and you're like, Ugh, and it's just, it's frustrating, mm-hmm. but yeah. there's nothing 
Yeah, I think the one thing that I learned was to take time, right, for myself and just rest. But it sounds, Amber, like you're a lot like me. And so <laughs> that can be even rest. worse for us when we're like, oh, I just want to get back. I can understand. Yeah, exactly. My mom's like, you didn't even nap 15 minutes um, until after you were two and a half. Um, so I'm like, I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, I am the go, go, go person. My friends always called me like supernova, um, in our friend group, even like up until into our twenties, because they're like, you just live so fast and like, you are like going to burn out supernova chill. Um, because like (laughs) with my undergrad program, I got to go to like nine different countries, like throughout my like four years in undergrad. And like, you know, I got to, I've been able to live abroad and hopefully will again. Um, but I just like to just keep moving. And so now it's just kind of like, how do I get back to that place when I can't even walk normally, you know? Um, And I feel like then it makes it also seem so far away. Um, But the main thing for me is just been making sure that I'm being mindful. Um, Having like the trauma therapist has really helped me because that's like my favorite part is the mindfulness techniques. Like we have to go through all the like PTSD stuff and like all the depression screenings and all that. And like, he's like, yeah, you, you've got them all, unfortunately. And I'm like, well, it's, it will all be gone when they're like, when I'm healed up, it's fine. I'm like, let's get to the fun stuff. And it's always like the mindfulness, like the, um, the podcast, like actual meditations and stuff. And he talks over Mm -hmm. them and it's really helpful, uh, because he does it where you can like feel different parts of your body and visualize like different parts of them with different Mm. colors of energy, like releasing that and like pushing that through. And so Mm. having like those types of things really help me because they seem very like non coherent. Like when I try to explain that to my husband, he's like, what? And I'm like, okay, (laughs) my feet feel like this. And he's like, but they don't like, that's not happening. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I know that (laughs) I see that, right. I see you're not stabbing my foot and twisting a knife in it. We'd have other problems. Um, But like, I feel that. And that's why when I have the meditation, like it's such a distraction, you're fully encompassed and you're Mm. triggered. You're literally tapping into when, with your eyes closed, different parts of the body while slowly being talked through this group of pain, that group of pain and pushing it through and out. And also just having, um, the idea of like, he always says like two things that you want to rid yourself of, um, Mm. and two things that you want to like focus on, um, that you want to like gain in your life. So like ridding myself of feeling guilty, um, Mm. and like for my recovery. So like that guilt and then also like frustration, right. With Mm. like not knowing when this is going to end. And then I want to like gain instead is more like peace, right. That balance. Mm. I need that balance in my life. And, um, also just like even more gratitude because that's kind of like my key um, for everything for me is like gratitude is the best therapy, it's the mm. best medicine, it's the best everything because um, when you experience and feel gratitude, like you show love and you feel love, it's feel like about everything. And like mm. that is the best medicine there ever is um, mm-hmm. for everything. And I think even when you're in agonizing pain, like recognizing, um, you know, just how grateful I still am. Um, to be the one going through pain like I could be the one that's not here Um, Mm -hmm. and so I think that's a big thing for me is when I'm feeling small when I'm feeling down about my long-term pain I'm like that's that's the priority 
thing for that to tick mm. out. Like I am mm. grateful. I am lucky. I'm grateful mm. for this process. I'm grateful for this pain. I'm grateful for this recovery because I get to be here um, mm. and I get to go through it. And um, that's, you know, that's part of it. So I think mm. just owning mm. it is a big part of the next chunk of my path. We'll see how good I get at it, but um, that's what I'm working on. Um, hopefully I'll get to own it better. And the research You're already owning like it. have helped. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes. And it, it definitely takes time. I mean, I know you're only a few months out and you seem like you have come such a far away and we so appreciate mm-hmm. you being vulnerable, opening up and sharing so much with us, but I know we're getting close to our wrap up time, but I did want to ask, what advice would you give to someone who's going through something similar, maybe that new survivor who's still in the hospital and recovering, who, I mean, you show that you have such a fight behind you, but I know not everyone has that. So maybe what advice would you give to other survivors? Um, That's a great question. Um, I feel like in the hospital, for me, a lot of it was just thinking of my family when I actually could think and um, come to. There's obviously, I had a lot of amnesia, a lot of short-term memory loss. So I guess I was asking a lot of the same questions and I didn't really fully know what happened to me. So I had a lot of fear that like, I was really hurt that I would never walk. Like, am I dying? Um, And people would just look at me and then I'd be out. And um, I think the big thing for me was just trying to hold on to that thing that's inside of you um, that gives you light, um, that just makes you get up in the morning that makes you feel and no matter how dark or dreary or even like gray and cloudy and fuzzy and not understanding what's going on I feel like a lot of times the fight isn't always just that people are upset but are sad but it's also that they're confused because that's how I felt Mm -hmm. a lot of it um Mm -hmm. I think even through that like there's those few things that we all know in our heart that are true um and they're different for a lot of us and I feel like for me like I knew that my family was somewhere nearby um, and I knew that they were advocating on behalf of myself so that I should rest. And um, I also knew that like, I wanted to be okay. Um, I wanted to be here. And so if I was asked to do something, I would do it even if it hurt. Um, And I think that might be a hard thing for a lot of people to do when you're in pain. But I do think that Every person um, that finds themselves probably as a new survivor um, all have those things in their heart that they hold true. And Mm -hmm. um, those would be the things that I would recommend, just holding on to those and reminding yourself. um, Because I was really confused, too. And Mm -hmm. um, that's that's unfortunately part of it. But just trust the process, even though it's unclear. um, That's okay. Uh, it's unclear mm-hmm. for all of us and just mm-hmm. that's you still you still can believe in something that's not clear and that's mm-hmm. all right that's beautiful and i commend to you and then thank you for being so vulnerable with yesterday like rachel said you're so close they're so close from out from your injury that's uh it takes you know a lot to kind of join us today and and be a part of our community but first and foremost know that you are part of the burn survivor community mm-hmm. and we're so thank grateful you. for it Thank you. Uh, World Burn Congress next year is in Washington, D.C. So hopefully we'll get to see you and have you make an appearance with us uh, (laughs) because it will be great to connect. I know as a survivor myself, we seem to be similar in age. And so that's always really awesome to have someone who's a fellow girls, uh, (laughs) girls with burns. So uh, we appreciate (laughs) that very much. 
Um, before we wrap up today, we want to thank our uh, season one sponsor, Pritzker Hagman. The Pritzker Hagman Burn Injury Legal Team helps burn survivors and their loved ones pursue compensation and justice throughout the United States. And if you have any legal questions, the attorneys at Pritzker Hagman are ready to help. So you can find out more at legaljourney.guide. Amber, any last final thoughts for us uh, as we leave today? Uh, we're so excited that you joined us. Thanks again. No, just thank you guys so much. And yeah, please do contact me next year because I would love to join and also love to meet you guys in person. That'd be so awesome because yeah, yes. um, now I get to be part of Girls with Burns. So I appreciate mm -hmm. it. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Girls with Crafts. If you are enjoying this content, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.